My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you gotta keep moving, you gotta stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. Don't let aches and pains hold you back from living your life. At JAG Physical Therapy, our experienced clinicians create a personalized treatment plan that fits each and every patient's unique needs. Whether it's recovering from an injury or enhancing your performance, we've got you covered. With over 140 locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, there is sure to be a JAG Physical Therapy location near you. Visit jagpt.com and book an appointment today to get back the life you love. That's jagpt.com. What's going on, Be More Today family? I'm super proud to announce that this year I'm running the London Marathon on April 21st. 2024 along with my spartan sunday running club we're heading out there to do the thing that we've been trying to do this year make our way towards hitting that six star mark for the world majors and this year we're running with an organization called sense sense is an amazing group of people who raises money for those who are visually impaired hearing impaired and have other complex disabilities so my goal is to raise twenty four hundred dollars by April 21st. How can you help? Look in the show notes for today's show and give whatever you can towards a great organization. $1, $5, $10, doesn't matter. We're trying to be more for other people. We're trying to be more in 24 this year. So give what you can, check out the show notes, click on the link and give so that we can all be more today for ourselves and for others. Thank you so much in advance. journey starts with a thought, a vision, fueled by a why. But what's your why? Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? Most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. 
No handouts, no excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our show today. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sean Thomas. What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Thomas, back in the building with the Be More Today Show, episode 139 for season number five. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And folks, it's been great. Uh, I just had such a great time trying to be more in 24. That's basically our theme for this year. We're trying to be more every single day, but 24 is a big number for us in a number of ways. And we're trying to be more in 24 this year. So being more is many, many things. Uh, it could be going on to bemorestoday.com to get your more merch, right? Rocking your more merch every single day. Being a part of one of our step challenges we have every single season. Uh, our step challenge for this year has already started. It ends in February. You can join the next one that's going to be in April. So stay tuned for that. Or just continue to join our chats, our Be More Today Strava group, or listen to the Be More Today show, which now is heard in over 82 countries and has over 56,000 downloads. Thanks to your love and support, this show continues to grow and flourish. So thank you for supporting Be More Today from the beginning. It's been a great five years. And as I work on my second book, um, I'm just looking at all the things that I've I've learned over the years as a clinician, um, as a podcast host, as a running coach. There's so many things that I just, I'm just thankful for from learning from my students, uh, which are many of you, just continue to learn in life. And um, being more today is definitely a thing. It's not just about saying it, it's about being it. And our quote for today is very simple. Uh, don't ask what you're going to get out of it. Ask yourself what you're going to put into it by my guy, Sean T. Now, Sean T and I have the same name. He spells a little differently than I do. But I remember watching his insanity videos and and doing the, th the workouts he was doing back in the day. He inspired me. And um, I've continued to, to go out there and uh, delve into different areas of life when it comes to marathons and other things that I'm hoping to be done with at some point in time as I'm trying to hit this Avid 6 um, with London coming up in April. Um, hoping to get my my fourth star then and then be finally done with Tokyo and Boston. Um, but it takes a lot of work. And I talked about this last year when I was training for Berlin. You will only get what you put in. You don't put in, you won't get anything out. And that is the, the basis for everything in life, but especially when it comes to fitness. And I tell all of my patients this, I tell all of my runners this, if you put in the work, you will see results. If you follow the plan, you will see results. What you put in, you will get out. It's as simple as that. And my guest on today's show is the embodiment of that. She is someone who knows all about putting things in to get the results you need out, not just uh, from the clinical aspect, but also from her actual everyday life. And her name is Charlotte Werner. Now, Charlotte is the founder of Charlotte Werner Nutrition. 
She is a registered dietitian with a passion for running. She has a particular love for endurance with over a decade dedicated to the sport where she loves to compete in distances ranging from half marathons to 100 mile ultras, aiming for goals higher and higher in the sport every single day with the help of proper nutrition, training, and recovery. She also has her master's degree in clinical nutrition from NYU and has experience in the outpatient clinical setting of bariatrics, where she was part of a multidisciplinary team clearing patients for surgery. She then spent over two years in the food industry, working for a UK-based nutritionally complete food company before joining The Feed, where she has been the head of coaching. Uh, she is so integral in helping to get their coaching program off the ground. And following this, she followed her current venture, which is Charlotte Werner Nutrition, a private practice and sports nutrition consulting company specializing in nutrition for endurance. Folks, I am super excited to talk to Charlotte today. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage our second guest for 2024, Charlotte Werner. Charlotte, what is going on? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think what you talk about on this show and what you embody as well is something that I know I look up to and that keeps me going every day. I think the idea of being more, especially as an endurance athlete, is something that we have to be doing all the time. Um, and so I'm really excited to be here today to talk not only about that, but how I use that every day when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to my own journey with running, um, and when it comes to my clients and the athletes that I speak with on the day-to-day -day basis. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive into it. No problem. Listen, I'm super excited to talk to you too. Um, we've been going back and forth by email for a while now, and I've been connected to the feed with our running club, Spartan Sunday Running Club, for a long time. So we were happy to connect with you um, and just to really get the tutelage that you've been sharing with so many others and excited for your new venture. Super exciting to see that. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I was looking at your website and I got to say, I'm super impressed. Uh, you put some big numbers up there for your marathon you. times and half marathon times. I, I keep saying I'm not a marathoner, although I've done now eight of these things. So I guess I have you to are. do that. You are. I guess I am. But I, I, I've, I've told many people, you know, in, in high school and college, I did many sports, soccer, lacrosse, um, cross country, basketball, whatever. And I ran track, but it was always, you know, 400, 800, uh, triple jump, long jump, those kind of things. So getting into anything that was more than three miles was was insane. But now that I've embodied this marathon madness, um, it's been such an infectious endeavor um, to talk about what to eat, uh, what to eat just during your regular day, but also what to eat during the races, what to consume during the races, what to consume at what time during the races, what products to actually consume on a regular basis for which distances. And, you know, all of our runners are always asking us, well, what do you take? What do you do? What do you do? And I know what I do and I know what works for me, but everyone's different. And I wanted you, if you don't mind, uh, just to really talk about what's on your site, talking about nutrition for endurance athletes from beginner to professional, nutrition for performance and sports nutrition consulting. These are very different things. Mm -hmm. When it comes to endurance athletes and people who are looking to have nutrition on a regular basis from what they eat every single day from nine to five or whatever, nine to eight, um, <laughs> including what they ingest during their running. Right. Those two things are very, very separate. Yeah. So, you know, what, what is it that you, you share with certain people about the best way to 
to hit this thing? Because it can be very, very overwhelming, I think, for many who have not taken the time to really think about it. But it's very, very simple once you break it down to the, the building blocks of, of how the body works. So what are some thoughts you want to share on those things? Yeah, sure. So you hit it right on the spot. There are differences between all three of those things. So when we think about nutrition for endurance, it's more of this kind of like day-to-day -day approach to making sure we're getting enough to fuel our bodies, right? With the amount that you're putting in every single day for a marathon, let's say your body is, is going through a lot, right? There's going to be a lot more inflammation. You're going to need a lot more energy to keep you going and also to feel your best and to make sure you have enough time to recover. When it comes to performance, just like you mentioned, that's going to be more during. And so when I work with athletes, I always start with the general, a lot of athletes, they really want to dive into like, what can I do now to get faster? And you can take any supplement you want. You can add, you know, any gel or drink mix during your training. But if your whole, the rest of your day is not where it needs to be, it's not going to really do very much for you. And the same goes for if, you know, you want to add a supplement to say, give you that one up, whether it's some sort of beet based product or, you know, even just, you know, adding in some hydration, if your fueling isn't there, right. There are all these pieces to the puzzle matter. And so I help and I work with athletes to help them figure out all those different pieces that they need to kind of be in tune to. A lot of us have actually lost sort of touch with that, like the inner, like, okay, if I'm feeling this, what do I think I need? And so I really help athletes to get back to those basics and yeah. to understand if you're feeling cramps coming on, what might you need? If you're feeling a little fuzzy, what might you need, right? If you're going for two hours, how is that going to differ to say an hour at a higher intensity? what might your body need in the higher intensity than the two hours at a maybe slightly lower intensity. And so we really work to fine tune all of those different pieces. And then when it comes to sports nutrition consulting, it's more about larger companies, right? So when a larger company, whether they're a sports nutrition company or a just everyday food company or a supplement company, what I can do is I help them to navigate claims because claims can be far and wide and they can be confusing and they cannot be a hundred percent correct. And, um, it can be really detrimental to the consumer. And so it's really important. I feel that RDs are involved in all of these processes because sometimes they're not. Um, and so it's really important to get them involved if they aren't. Yeah. And so I work with these companies to make sure that their claims are up to date, accurate, um, and within regulation. And then also in ways that the everyday consumer can understand. And so when I was at the feed, I did this a lot. When I was at the company I was at before, I did that a lot, Huel, which you may or may not know of. Um, and so in both of those settings, it was really important to us to build trust with the consumer and to show them that we have their back. And so right. I feel like at RD, like I'm always just saying, like, I got your back. I'm here to support you um, and do all the like detective work to figure out what's happening behind the scenes to get them where they need to be. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I, I love the uh, multidisciplinary aspect of that because it hits everything from all three corners. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, there are a number of people who I'm sure they ask you more than they ask me. Although I get a lot of questions about what I should eat. But I'm, like, I'm sure you do. Yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not what I do. Folks. Um, but people always ask, you know, what should I be eating? Uh, yeah. what, what should I be? What do you eat? What should I be eating? If I'm trying to go out there, I'm trying to run this race. I'm trying to run. I have a marathon coming up. I have a half marathon coming up. What should I be eating? And I think it's confusing because what we see on TV is a whole bunch of stuff. And even on social media, right? What we see out there is a whole bunch of stuff. And sometimes it's accurate, but sometimes it's just not. And 
you know, I, I think when it comes to people in your situation who really know the science and know the fact behind what does help, what doesn't help, it, it helps to, you know, sit through some of the minutia of it. But mm -hmm. I'm just curious when people ask you that question, and I know they do, right? Charlie, oh, what should yeah. I be eating? You know, what, <laughs> what are some of the things you say to your endurance athletes that, that are maybe helpful for them to be able to guide their path when they're actually at the grocery store buying food to know what they should be eating and, and consuming on a regular basis? Yeah, great question. And I think it's really hard, right? Because every person is going to have different needs. And you hit on that in the beginning where we're all different. What works for you may not work for me. And what works for this professional athlete may not work for that one. Right. And so I get a lot of questions specifically about certain gel options or chew options, or even just brands more generally, where someone says, Hey, you know, this professional athlete is using XYZ brand. You know, I want to try it. I want to see if this one will help me. Or like, is this the, is this the golden ticket? That's going to get me to be, you know, five minutes faster in my marathon. Mm. And unfortunately the answer is it might not be right because we're all different. And so for me, when I work with athletes, the thing I say to them first and foremost is you have to find foods, whether it's throughout the entire day and drinks, or whether it's in that specific training or race that you enjoy the taste and the texture of hmm. the reason being that athletes need a tremendous amount of energy. And if you're trying to eat things that you don't really enjoy the taste and texture of, it's going to become really hard and quite annoying to have to do that day after day after day, or in hour two, three, four, five, six of a marathon, right? Or hour 10 of an ultra marathon, if you're going right. to be going to the ultra space. And so I think it shocks people a lot when I say taste and texture are the thing that we need to focus on first and foremost, hmm. finding those options that, that you really enjoy, what I like to call nutritional tinkering. So we're all like making little changes here and there to figure out what we like and what we don't like. And that's yeah. why the food is honestly so great because you can buy single servings of things. So when I was working with them, that was something that I really pushed hard on for a lot of athletes was trying a lot of different brands and seeing what you'd like and you don't like. Once you find the taste and the textures of things that you like, whether it's sports nutrition related or even just on your day-to-day -day if you're making meals, then it's, okay, do you tolerate these things, right? So you may love a certain breakfast, for example, but that breakfast you may tolerate on a just day-to-day -day training you know, session. But then if you try to have that breakfast on race day, where you're going maybe at a higher intensity than you do on the day to day. And for a little bit longer than you would on a, on a say long, long run kind of day, you may not tolerate that breakfast. Right. And so it's really a matter of working with taste and texture first, finding options you like, and then finding ones that you tolerate in different scenarios. So I work with athletes to say, okay, what are the different scenarios we're working with? Where, where are we now? What are our goals for say the next three to six months? Do you have any races coming up mm -hmm. that we want to kind of keep an eye on? And then from there we say, okay, we need some options that are easier to digest. So things with a little bit more of those simple carbohydrates, say a plain bagel versus a whole wheat bagel, which you may have on the day to day, for example, is like a very easy, basic one. Um, and then from there, we kind of build on it. Okay. What do you want to add to it on race day morning that, you know, you'll tolerate versus like, what are we going to have on the day to day that, you know, you tolerate as well, putting some variety in, in variety into it, because mm. it can also get really boring to just consume the same thing over and over. So in a marathon, I always say to have options, make sure that they're circling through because the same thing, one after another hour after hour <laughs> yeah. gets a little old. Um, and so I work with athletes to just try out all these different scenarios, maybe scenarios 
they think they knew about and ones that they maybe were like, oh, I didn't even think that that was something that I should try. You know, you might mm-hmm. like something at hour one, but on hour two doesn't work. Right. And so that's kind of how I approach it. And it's the same thing. Even when someone goes into a grocery store, what do we like? What do we like the taste and the texture of what is convenient for us to make on the day to day? And then adding into that, what are we tolerating, right? What are we tolerating on race day versus what are we tolerating just on the basic everyday training session kind of day? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I've never heard anyone break it down as simple as that, but that's exactly where I think people are are most um, acquiesced to, right? Just doing whatever they like to eat. Uh, And I agree with you. Sometimes having the same thing over and over and over again can be a little cumbersome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best way to do it is really just to consume things that you actually like. Because like you said, there's so many times when even during a race, last thing you want to do is consume something that you don't like to to, to Exactly. Especially it. when you're pushing, you're like at mile 24 and you're like, oh, I need one more gel, but I really yeah. just don't want to eat it. And yeah. some people just say, I can get to the end without it. Right. And what I always say is, okay, if you're going on a road trip, for example, right, you have to get from point A to point B. And you, your car says you've got a certain amount of miles left and you can maybe make it, but it would be pushing it a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, would you, would you just push it or would you stop at a gas station and like add a little bit more just to be safe? Right. And we just want to add that little extra just to get us to the finish line. But yeah. if you don't like the way it tastes and the texture, it's going to be really easy when you're hurting to tell yeah. yourself, eh, I'm okay. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I can, true. I can maybe make it to the finish line without it. And so I, I think those are two really important factors, especially when it comes to gels more so than chews, just mm-hmm. because for a lot of people, it's not a very familiar taste and texture. Um, and so finding ones, whether it's thinner consistencies, thicker consistencies, more gel-like, less gel-like, really sweet, not so sweet, you know, yeah. making sure you get all those things on lock before you push forward to, okay, what do I tolerate in different scenarios? Right. Now, do you find any difference uh, between the brand names for these things? Do you, do you find that there are some that are better or more effective in terms of performance than others, or are they kind of all the same? Great question. So I think it's going to vary, right? There are some brands that do focus specifically, say, on targeting gut tolerance, right? Making sure that it's formulated in a way so that you don't need additional water, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's isotonic so that you're good to go. And it confuses people sometimes, which I understand, because if you say, okay, you don't need water with this, some people think that they just don't need to consume water during the right. marathon at all. Right. And that's not the case. Right. <laughs> it's just that your gel doesn't need water to be digested. And carbohydrates, the reason why that's important is because carbohydrates need water to be digested at a baseline. Even when you store carbohydrates in your body as glycogen, so that's how it's stored in your muscles, every gram of carbohydrate is stored with three to four grams of water. So you're taking in quite a big load of water, right? So that's why some people sometimes feel a little uncomfy maybe when they're carbohydrate loading. And so what happens is if you can formulate a gel that you're taking during a marathon or a half marathon or an ultra marathon or any endurance-based sport kind of race, if you can formulate it in a way that it doesn't need additional water, you're going to save yourself from a lot of cramping, a lot of GI distress, but you still need to hydrate. Hydration is separate and we still need to make sure that we're getting in both fluids and sodium to help us kind of manage the day-to-day of what we're losing as we're exercising. But it can help if we don't need just that much more right after we take every single gel. Because in a lot of cases, you're not going to have water on hand to kind of take down right after you have a gel. And so in some cases, that can be really beneficial for people. But 
Some people just carry water with them and they're totally fine. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a matter of preference. Um, I find, especially from like a nutrition for performance and strategy side of things, having gels that have a formulation where you don't need additional water is really helpful. And then also more recently, what I've been finding both for myself and when I speak to athletes is finding gels that have sodium in them. Mm. That can be a game changer for a lot of people, especially Mm. when you're taking in two, three gels an hour, right? You can get a gel that has say 200 milligrams of sodium in one you're going to hit your sodium for the, for that hour, right? If you're around 600 milligrams an hour, you'll hit the amount of sodium you need. And then you just need to focus on water on the course. Right. So you can really start to strategize the race a little bit more and get really granular with like, okay, what do I need? When do I need it? And how can I maximize what I'm taking in and how kind of small that is? Because you don't want to carry a lot, right? right. So if you can get carbs and sodium in one, golden <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny i just got into the isotonic gels last yep. year when i was training for, for berlin i never really thought about them because um so for a long period of my life when i was not long period for but the last like five or six years i was training yeah. i didn't drink a lot of water while i was training i just yeah. didn't drink well while i was running and i i always felt like i hydrated enough throughout the week the night before to get through the races to get through my long runs etc and when i started hydrating during the races uh, or just carrying them with me, along with the hydration, I said, wow, I just feel so much better. And I, I was always worried about I, feeling crampy, um, yeah. uh, feeling bloated. Uh, but, you know, as you train and you practice that thing, it feels totally different. And yeah. I think a lot of people fall into that same trap of not knowing which ones work for them. Um, they fall into the, the trap of wanting to take whatever's on the course Mm-hmm. right because some races just give you stuff and you're like oh well this is free i'll just take that not yeah. knowing if it's gonna be good for you or bad for you for instance i took a gel uh for nyc a couple years ago that had caffeine in it my body i don't drink caffeine at all i i oh. never drink caffeine so <laughs> i didn't even realize it had caffeine in it until yeah. i started cramping at a mile 18 and i was like wait what's going on and i look and i'm looking look at the wrapper oh wait this thing has caffeine in it yep. i'm recognizing that it had caffeine in it and a gel I had packed in my bag in the dark because it was like <laughs> morning. Um, also was not the right one I usually pack. And that one had caffeine in it too. And oh, literally my body went through like depletion of water everywhere at the same time. And yeah. I was, why am I, my, my calves are cramping? My eyebrows cramping? What's going on? Yeah. Was, and you, you were know, probably I'm, feeling a little jittery from all yes. the caffeine. You were just like going, especially if you don't consume a lot of caffeine normally. And I, that's I the other kind of general rule that I always say to athletes is like, always one, make sure that you try everything out, have it laid out the night before. So you're not like, cause I've had the same mistake of like waking up three, four in the morning and you're like, that looks right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's totally not right. Totally um, not right. Until you're on the start line or halfway through the race. And then exactly. the other thing is trying out what's on course, but not relying on it. So mm-hmm. have it be like a cushion for you just in case you lose a gel or you need an extra one, right. but never use what's on course is like your only source of fuel, especially in some marathons where there's only, you know, one gel station, you need way more than that. Yeah. And I think it's always shocking to athletes, especially when starting out, but even some kind of more seasoned athletes who have been doing it for a long time. When I speak to them and I tell them like, you need at least 60 grams of carbs, 50 to 60 is my minimum for you every hour that you're out there. And they're like, what, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so much. And I think 
what my job is in a lot of ways is to help guide them through that of, okay, let's start gradual. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm that person that's like, okay, we need the, we need some patience here because everyone just wants to go from zero to a hundred. Yep. I'm the same way. We, I feel like everyone has a little bit of that. Yep. Um, and so part of my job is to help people say, okay, let's start with one gel an hour. If you've never done it before, then let's mm-hmm. go to two. Let's see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Some people are fine with just two gels an hour. It can depend on the amount of carbohydrates. It can depend on the way it tastes and just someone's preference, right? Someone might not want, I've had athletes who are like, I feel like I'm eating and drinking this entire race and (laughs) I just don't want to keep doing it. So we work to kind of minimize the the space where you're eating and drinking. Mm -hmm. However, with that can come some additional GI side effects because you're kind of taking larger amounts in smaller periods. And so to your point about figuring out like how to take in more water during each hour that you're Mm -hmm. out there, Mm -hmm gradually sipping on it is, is the best, but we do not have that luxury in a lot of cases during marathons. So teaching the body in some ways to be at least slightly okay with like, okay, I'm going to gulp down four ounces and then keep going. And then in two miles, I can get another four ounces at the next aid station, um, or trying to carry a bottle if you can. And I actually did that in New York this year. First time I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. It's a game changer. So I, the feed actually has these really thin running bottles. Game changer. Yeah, I have one. I have one. You have one? Do you have the marathon one or did you? Yeah. Yeah, I had the marathon one. Yeah. So I use that and it fits right in your, in like, I have just spandex shorts on it, fit right in the spandex short pocket and was perfect. And I could just sip on it when I need it. And I was like, I wish I had this in the half. So I'm going to use it this year for the United half and see how that goes too. But I've been recommending it to all of my athletes. Like definitely try to use this. I've recommended it to some professional athletes who were like, I don't know why I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, and so little things like that, they seem so simple and they, they are in some ways, but I feel like with nutrition, sometimes it gets so complicated because of just all of the different people with voices mm-hmm. um, talking about it. Yep to your point at at its base, right? Like when we kind of take away all of the additional chatter, it's fairly simple. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And yeah, I I ran with water in Berlin and uh, game changer, game changer. And the funny thing is about all of that, you know, it's, it's a simple concept that I think a lot of people just don't get into because you're waiting for water stations. And we always talk about, yeah, there'll be water on the course, so you'll be fine. And people were like, oh, what miles are gonna be in? And you know, if you miss a station, it could, it could throw everything off. Right, right. Um, One yeah. station can make or break it. And that's yeah. why having some way to control it a little bit of saying like, okay, I have this just in case. Right. Um, is always really beneficial, I think, to a lot of athletes. It puts yourself at ease a little bit. Right. And if you have the luxury of support on course, you can always have someone hand you an additional bottle if that's Absolutely. a possibility. But Absolutely. not everybody has that. So you work with what you've got. Yeah. So question for you. I know a lot of my runners are always asking, well, you know, I... I I, I do it for races, but I, I'm not doing it during my training. Like I, I don't train that way, but I'll do it for races. Do you suggest that people should be, if they're either first timers or is trying to get into this, should they be practicing that on their short runs during their long runs for both runs? What are your suggestions for those runners who are trying to figure out how to start doing this training thing with our nutrition? Yeah. So I always recommend trying it out in training in different scenarios. So to the points we were kind of chatting about before, It's really important in kind of short, faster kind of bursts of high intensity exercise to see how your stomach handles and your GI tract handles carbohydrates and 
your hydration. So your water and your electrolytes, because when you're bouncing around at really high intensities and you are going fast, it is a lot different to, if you're just kind of going for an easy jog for a long period of time, you're likely able to handle at least for the first couple hours that you're out there. If say you're going for a long run, um, the fuel that you're taking in and the hydration, if it's an easier pace, but once you start adding in the higher intensity, that's where things start to kind of go a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I always recommend both at least a couple times, just try out your strategy. You don't always have to use what you're using on race day in training either. And I think that's something people don't realize. Like when I just train on the day to day, I love chews. I love them, but there is no way that I can chew on a chew during a (laughs) race. There's just not a single way. And so in my training, a lot of times I'll use chews just cause I like them. Mm. Um, and I've been like, sometimes I'll use like gummy bears or like Trader Joe's. I love their, um, version of like the Swedish fish. Yes. Uh, and yes, they're so good. good. They're so yeah. good. And so sometimes good. I'll just use that. Um, there's some brands of like sports nutrition, like Bella Fortes and one that I'm super into at the moment. Um, they have these like apple cinnamon chews that like I could eat just all day long. Mm-hmm. And they taste like the inside of an apple pie, which for me, for some people while running, they're not, they're not into it, right. but I love it. Um, and I actually look forward to it every time I have one when I'm running, but as I get closer to race day, as an example, I'll start to add in some of the products that I'm going to be using on race day itself, which is more gels because they're just easier to take down. Yeah. You don't have to chew them. Yeah. They just go down and you can see how you tolerate it. And then I'll have right. my hydration and see how that goes, say two or three times a week, once on a speed day, and then once or twice on a longer run. And as long as I know I tolerate it, and I do the same thing with athletes, as long as they know they tolerate it kind of two to three days a week when they're doing that kind of training, they should be good to go on race day. Now, depending on the temperature, the altitude, right? If it's humid, those are all factors that come Mm -hmm. into play that you can't really control for. Mm of time in a lot of cases. So if we take New York, not this last past year, but the year before right. where it was super humid, yes, nobody was ready for that. Right. Right. And so I think that is a one example where having the ability to tune into your body, which is what I work with athletes to do and say like, okay, it's humid. So I know I'm going to need more. How can I tell wh- what signals are my body is my body giving me? When do I need to take in more in what scenarios, yeah. um, how much, will my fluids change? How much will my electrolytes change? And we really work to make sure that you are prepared no matter the scenario. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that's what at least helped me last year to, so I peer by about 15 minutes um, in Berlin. Nice, 42. I'm super excited, thank you. Um, and I think part of the, the progress was yeah. sticking to my training regimen, but also being very, very mindful of my nutrition during the race. And when I was taking certain things, at what time I took them, how my body felt when I took them, adjusting when I think I took too much. I yeah. put a thought into it. And I saw that it really, really helped. And I think a lot of runners have a hard time doing that, especially if you're not practicing that on a regular basis. From like yeah. you said, your short runs, your your recovery runs and your long runs. If you're just doing it on race day, you're not doing that many races, there's no time to really practice and see how your body responds to that thing. So I agree with you. Doing that thing on a regular basis and getting that practice to see how your body responds is necessary. And yeah, I, I PR by 15 minutes last year, That's simply incredible. based on doing the workouts I was supposed to do and better nutrition. And I think yeah. those two com, com, combination between those two was really all that, that did it for me. So 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I've had a similar experience where when I first started learning more about how important nutrition is for endurance, mm-hmm. I, so it was, I think my second 60 K that I ever did. And the first one, I just, I mean, I don't even know. I maybe took a couple gels here and there. I had no idea right. what I was doing. Um, and then as I started to learn more, I was like, oh gosh, like, I need to eat a lot more. And I PR by 15, 15 minutes, maybe even more um, in a 60K, which was wow. like amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I completely agree with you on that. I think people don't practice it enough in training. And then the other factor is like your stomach needs to get used to it, right? Your entire GI tract, not just your stomach, your small yeah. intestine, right? Yeah. But it needs to be able to understand how to digest these carbohydrates and take in more fluids, especially as you're losing a lot. Right. If you're not used to that on the day to day, it needs to learn how to do that. And right. so doing it in training is the best way. Yeah. If you're just doing it on race day, you're not going to see the best results. And in fact, you may also see some of the negative effects of just taking in a lot of carbs mm-hmm. without having tried it before. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not so fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've definitely been no, there. We've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Listen, Charlotte, how important now we talked about, you know, nutrition while you're while you're running, but how important is now I'm using the word diet, not in the sense of not eating enough, but just like what right. we're eating in general, right? Diet, exercise, and nutrition when it comes to sports performance. A lot of people say, you know what, I want to be better. And they're putting in the miles, right? They're putting in all the work, they're following these, these regimens, these training programs. They're coming to see me about making sure their body feels right and great. But they're they're neglecting the diet. They're neglecting the nutrition. And mm-hmm. although they're exercising, um, they might not be doing the cross training or whatever else on the side with the running to put all those things together. So how important is the whole cycle for sports performance? It's vital. I mean, if any one of those factors that you just mentioned aren't thought of and taken into consideration, that becomes the limiting factor for that athlete. And I think when it comes to diet, so not meaning like you said, like, consuming less or, you know, following a specific plan. But when it comes to your intake as a whole over the course of a day, if you're not feeding your body with the types of foods and the nutrients that it needs and enough fluids, you're not going to see the best results that you can possibly see when it comes to race day. And even in training your day, you will not feel good if you're not eating and drinking the way that you should be throughout the day. Um, And it doesn't mean that you know, you can't have, you know, every, a little bit of everything in moderation, but I think I've always said this, if I can sum up every degree I've ever, and every credential, every bit of experience I've ever had, it's moderation, right? But moderation is hard because we, we just can't do it on the day to day, right? Sometimes we want a little more of this. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we want a little more of that. Mm -hmm. And so what's really important is to just try your best to get in what you can, when you can. So whether that's more fruits and veggies, whether that's a little more fiber, whether that's a little more protein to help you with recovery, right? Or a little more healthy fats to support your body. Those are all things you want to try to get in. And I think a lot of people look at nutrition specifically as reductionist. So what can I take away you know, I just did a post recently about, um, there was a lot of murmur about a, a article on processed foods and how processed foods, you know, aren't the best, but mm-hmm. I would argue that just because something is processed doesn't mean, you know, it's bad for you, but I think there's always this reductionist where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is bad now. This is bad now. This is bad. Mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And part of my job is to show you nothing is really bad, right? It's just a matter of having it in 
moderation with everything else that you're consuming. And when it comes to food processing, for example, food processing has done tremendous things for us, right? As humans. And so food processing is not bad. Yeah. There's certain foods maybe that you just don't want to consume every day or, you know, all day long, but just because it's processed doesn't mean something's automatically bad. And so I think part of my job is explaining to people that yes, you can have those things, especially, you know, I see ultra runners who consume everything under the sun and, you know, they don't really take diet into consideration, Mm -hmm. but once you start pulling in a little bit of like, okay, maybe if I try to get in a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that, you really start to see benefits. And it's not that you don't have these other things. It's just that now you're pulling in more of the good stuff. And so maybe there's a little less room for everything else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And I appreciate that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about like superfoods and uh, yep. free eating when it comes to the regular diet, when it comes yep. to whether you're training for or something uh, like a marathon or an ultra, or just trying to get back into some kind of shape, whether it's trying to lose weight or just trying to feel better. Um, yep. Are there foods that you recommend that, and I want to be just equated for people who are trying to be runners or athletes, but just p- foods that we should be consuming on a regular basis to make us feel better for performance. And that can be performance either on the track or on the field, on the race, um, or just getting out throughout a regular day. You know, and I know you mentioned processed foods not being bad, but yeah, there is this myth or this 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 underlying tone. We talk about processed foods always being bad for us. So, you know, are there things that we can consume that in a regular day that you say, you know what, these things can help us to feel better either on the field or throughout the day that are kind of staples. Um, I know we talk about salads and fruits and vegetables, but are there certain things that you can pick from those those things that you're like, you know what, we should be consuming these on a regular basis more often? Yeah, great question. And I think there's no one kind of food that I would single out. I think the even the term superfood is very much a term created by the industry. Like if you actually yeah. look at it, it basically just means like it's going to do something good for you. Right. That's all it really means. Um, and I think that it's, there's so many buzzwords out there about, you know, have more of this specific nutrient mm-hmm. or this specific mm-hmm. nutrient, but our bodies don't really work that way. Like we don't work in kind of like a single nutrient form. We need a little bit of everything and we don't need it all at once, but we just need it throughout the day or maybe even throughout the week in some cases with certain mm-hmm. vitamins and minerals, just making sure we're getting in enough. And so one example that comes to mind, I mean, omega threes, right. Making sure we're getting enough of those throughout the day and the week is really important, especially for endurance athletes, but even just for the everyday person, whether it's through, you know, something like salmon, or if you don't consume salmon, something like flaxseed or chia seed or walnuts, those are other great options where you can get in some omega threes. And there are ways that you can get in enough. I think there's also myths surrounding, like if you only eat plant-based foods, you Mm -hmm. can't get enough omega threes. It's not the case. And, you know, I could talk forever about any of those myths. Um, but I think it all comes down to just trying to have variety, whether it's in fruits and vegetables, whether it's in the grains you consume fiber, right. Especially with the amount of work that an athlete's doing on the day to day, our GI tracks are going through a lot and fiber is something that's super important, obviously within reason, depending on if it's race day, you know, you want to make it easier to digest. Um, and I always say, even with fruits and veggies, if someone's going to have if someone has vegetables saved with every meal, something they love, and they want to have it, you know, the night before race day, some people may say, don't do it. Like stay right. away from any sort of super fibrous foods. 
what I would say is rather than avoiding it, just try to cook it because cooking mm. veggies actually makes it a little easier for your stomach to handle or blend it up in a smoothie, right? It's going to become right. a little bit easier for you. You don't have to do as much work to digest it. Yeah. And so there are ways that you can still include these things while also hitting your goals in performance. So I wouldn't say that there's like one specific nutrient. It's more a matter of just trying to have variety in what you consume. I think sometimes people fall into like routines of like having the same thing over and over, which is fine yeah. from time to time, but really try to vary up the types of fruits and veggies, the types of proteins, the types of grains that you're taking in just to make sure that your body is getting a little bit of everything and you're having a ton of different nutrients. Cause that's ultimately what your body needs is not one single nutrient, a little bit of everything. Great. Great. Thank you so much. And I guess my question for you now is, so we talked about what we should be eating. We talked about yep. how nutrition can help with sports performance. And you have people out there who are going to try these things, right? And they're going to probably have some issues. They're going to figure out, <laughs> like like you and I figured out, caffeine yeah. not the best thing for us to do, right? And But they'll learn from that. And you'll have some who people who are going to go out there and try to have a, a better diet in terms of getting their omega-3s and other things, proteins into their diets. And right. we'll have success with that. But then people sometimes, like we always do, run into ruts, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we get kind of stuck. We don't know where to go. And when it comes to your consulting group, um, what do you do to help people who are in that situation where they get to a place where they say, you know what, I, I tried something you talked about, but I'm, I'm kind of stuck now on how to either get better to go to the next level, or I'm having a hard time finding the variety and doing this on a regular basis, because now I'm kind of stuck having the same things. And like we talked about earlier, I'm, I'm kind of bored now. So where do I go? So how, how do you help people who are in those situations to continue to, to modify and, and push this thing to the next level? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's reminding people of how far they've come, right? When we look at what someone has been doing, whether it's trying different, you know, styles of food or adding in more nutrition or changing up the type of fueling that they're having during their run or their hydration, right? It can be really hard to look at that as a negative when, you know, this isn't working and this isn't working and this isn't working. But the way that I when I work with athletes, the way that I approach it is these are all really good things for us to know, right? We're gathering a lot of information and we're tinkering, right? Because it's all a matter of like, okay, this didn't work. Now let's try this. And I think I approach it with a really positive attitude to remind someone, these are all things we didn't know before we started this journey, right? If they listen to this podcast and they've tried a lot of these different things, that is incredible, right? Because a lot of people haven't even done that to this to that point. And so after that, if things still aren't working, if you try out, you know, adding variety, if you try out maybe a gel that doesn't need water and then maybe one that does and see which one you like better, or you add one that has some sodium in there and you see if you like it and, you know, you take a water bottle, all these different things don't work for you. The next thing I would recommend is reaching out to me. I'm available. And I am here to help in any way, shape, or form. And I offer an exploration call first. So if you go to charlottewernernutrition.com, you can book an exploration call with me. And in that call, you can let me know, I listened to the podcast. These are the things I've tried. I need some more help. And then following that, we really dive into it. So if we want to work together after that exploration call, if you feel like it's a good fit for you, because ultimately I want to make sure that I'm helping you to achieve your goals. And if you don't feel like it's going to work, then I want to make sure I find you someone who 
has exactly what you need. Cause I think that's the most important, but if we decide to move forward together at that point, we'll sit down for our first initial consult and it's all virtual through HIPAA compliant zoom. And before that, what I do is I send you a very long form, um, that I recommend kind of doing a few days at every few days, like chipping away at it a little bit. And that form really helps me to understand where you're at currently. And that information will then allow me to provide you with the best recommendations that you personally may need at that given moment. I'm available to you via chat following that. So I, there's a chat function in the platform. It's a HIPAA compliant platform called Healthy that I use. It's electronic health record system. There's a chat function in there. I'm available to you all the time. You can message me whenever, once we start working together. And then following that, we just have 30 minute follow-up sessions. It depends on the athlete. Some I see weekly, some I see every two weeks, some I see on a monthly basis, depending on what they're looking for and what they need. And so we can really tailor the program to you. Now, in addition to that, I actually host education sessions. And so these are individual consulting sessions. Um, but they are more just general information. So we really dive into a lot of these different topics. The first one is actually in February, it's on fueling. And so it's going to be looking at the kind of macronutrient needs of an endurance athlete, kind of how to start with each of these different points. It's a 45 minute session followed by 15 minutes of Q and A. So you can really ask some questions there too. That one's on February 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then there's one on February 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern. And that one's on hydration. So we really dive into electrolyte needs, fluid needs. When you think about altitude, when you think about when you think about um, humidity, temperature, mm -hmm. all those factors, what are kind of the key bits that you need to know? They're more general and it's $45 for those sessions. So it's 60 minutes, you get a lot of information. Um, and so if anyone's interested in just really diving into some of the information, but you don't want to kind of make the further jump to the individual consultation to start, these sessions are a great place to just gather the information, try some things yourself. And then if you still feel a little like you're stuck, then that's when we can work further together. There's going to be future sessions on recovery, what to do if you're not feeling too good? How can you use nutrition as you're coming back from say an illness, especially as I know, I've, I know a lot of people right now that are dealing with some sickness. So um, whether it's, you know, just a cold with the weather um, or something more serious, how can you use nutrition to help you on your way back to whatever kind of training you're doing? And so there's a lot of really fun ones coming up. Um, and so I'd highly encourage you to take a look at those and book in if you feel like you're interested um, and ask me if you have any questions, you can always email too. Amazing. Charlotte, what's your email again? So listeners know. It's Charlotte, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E at Charlotte Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R, nutrition.com. So Charlotte at charlottewernernutrition.com. And one more time, your website. CharlotteWernerNutrition.com. And oh. then my Instagram is at the endurance RDN. And so on my Instagram, I have been chatting through a lot of different um, kind of key things that are going on in the world of sports nutrition, whether it's like that processed foods article. Mm -hmm. um, if, you know, there are ways that we can just have small wins. That's a, another one that I did really recently. So it's things like keeping a glass of water next to you during the day to get a little bit more or, you know, saying next week, I'm going to try one gel. I'm going to just try one gel option. You don't need three or four, just one right. more. Yeah. Right. These are small victories. And so that's something I really want to make sure that I'm being louder about this year. And I think your podcast has kind of reminded me of that. Like I need to make sure that the way that I'm being more is by being louder and more present 
on these social channels to make sure that the information is coming from nutrition experts. Cause there's so many fantastic dietitians out there and they're doing amazing work. And I just want to join them in making sure that we are putting all of the good nutrition information out there and that people can find it. Right. Cause sometimes the, the not so good information is a bit louder. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Charlotte, you rock. Uh, <laughs> you I rock. You being on the show. <laughs> you made this show one for the books and, um, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to continue to to highlight you and um and hopefully people who are listening now will will contact you with their questions. A lot of people can benefit from your tutelage, from your knowledge and um are looking for a change. And a lot of people who are trying to get moving, people who are overweight, people who are trying to get moving again, uh, are looking for for guidance. And nutrition is one of those things that like you said, uh what we see on TV, what we see on Instagram, it can be very very confusing sometimes. So having a clear cut and concise plan is, is a game changer for many. And I think you have that plan for a lot of people. So I salute you. I appreciate you. And uh, we will continue to be in touch and look forward to your growth as you are on this new endeavor, doing your own thing. Now we wish you the best of, of luck with that and uh, look forward to chatting up with you soon. hundred percent. Thank you so much again for having me. No problem at all. And uh, folks, she said everything so poignantly. She wants to be more by sharing her message with the listeners and with the world about nutrition and how important it is just to take this thing seriously. And the quote holds true. Uh, don't ask what you're going to get out. Ask yourself what you're going to put in. What you put in matters. What you digest, what you ingest, all those things matter. And yes, putting in the work is one thing, right? Putting in the training, whether it's taking your 10,000 steps or going out there and doing your marathon planning or your marathon programs, those things matter. But what you take into that body also matters to get the right performance. And Charlotte said it uh, better than I can ever say it, folks. Go out there and make sure you take this thing seriously. Uh, do the right research. Go out there and take Small steps to get big gains, right? Right. Small wins are always ones we want to, we want to focus on. And continue to follow her on her platforms. I'll also share in the show notes for those who want to follow her on her website. Take advantage of the nutrition that we have out there and the tutelage. Knowledge is power, as we already know. So take this thing seriously as we all try to be more in 24. Folks, as I always say, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next time. Peace.